Keeping Podcasts Weird, from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Stevie Ray Vaughan, Richard Linklater, South by Southwest, the University of Texas, Ain't It Cool News, Leslie Cochran, Molly Ivins, Dabney Coleman, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats. It's a slippery slope with your dazed and confused hosts, Mark Browner and Lodger. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, Lodger, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to hear your voice again. Well, good to hear your voice, too. I'm telling you, these, uh, these weekly little chit-chats, I, I enjoy them immensely. I'm excited to be here, and, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I believe we do. I mean, because we uh, we actually spent time uh, hanging out other than just uh, over over the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually um, we FaceTimed, but with our actual faces in real time. <laughs> wow, what a concept. We, we re- yeah, imagine that actually being in the same room with the person that you're uh, hanging out with and being friends with. <laughs> we could start a trend, man. We could start a trend. I know, right? Right, right. We just uh, we'll just uh, go retro on on everybody's ass. Yeah. What do you think, folks? <laughs> do you think uh, people actually meeting and hanging out together instead of just seeing each other or communicating with each other through the through the internet might catch on? Hmm. It could happen. We yeah. could start a whole kind of a trend. Hey, you know, now we have a system for. You ask a, a question that was probably a rhetorical question, yeah. but you know, now we have a system for people to actually tell us what they think about. Uh, of the show and answer our rhetorical questions, even though we don't ask them to. Ah, we do because indeed. You can, because you, we've got a Facebook page. We we're, do. We're, we're, we're as relevant as 2006. We've got a Facebook <laughs> page. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, actually, and, and uh, I just want to tell our, tell our uh, listening audience out there that uh, Lodger was the one who set up our Facebook page. So three cheers to you, Lodger, for uh, taking well, the initiative you. and uh, pr- helping to promote our podcast. So awesome. Well, I, I, you know, I, I do want us to be able to get some feedback. I know we'll probably get a lot of hate, and some of that hate might get erased, and that's fine, too. Um, but um, <laughs> you, you but think I think, we you might know. Get from, some, well, you know, the Facebook well, is kind of kind of the uh, the mother load of uh, hate so <laughs> that's where i get all my hate out so um <laughs> sometimes i just have to go you know get it all out on facebook and then which is yeah. one thing that's one thing i like about facebook is Everyone who's on Facebook, at least for me now, maybe other people do things differently, but everyone that I know on Facebook is someone I really know. I don't, I don't communicate on Facebook with a lot of people that I, I don't know in real life. Um, so, you know, they yeah. kind of know who I am and, and when I'm being sarcastic or funny or, or uh, just ranting and raving. And, and, you know, so sometimes I, I do go over the top on Facebook, but to me it's like, yeah, that's, that's the place to do it. Well, Get it out. Yeah, ranting is good. I've uh, believe me, we've all got our share of relatives who do the same thing, and uh, sometimes right. it's 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 rather cringeworthy. But you know, hey, they're your relatives or friends, and you try to cut them a little bit of slack. But sometimes it's really difficult. You, you yeah, absolutely. Not, well, not, I've certainly not, unfriended friends. <laughs> right, right. There's and a, and uh, there's a guy I know who's friends on block. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Em. Well, I was just saying, there's a, a Facebook friend of mine. He, when he unfriends somebody, he calls it sending them sending them to the cornfield. 
<laughs> which is a, I believe, a Twilight Zone reference, if I'm not mistaken. That is a Twilight Zone reference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've definitely like. There's a couple people that there's a way you can unfollow someone, so you're still friends with them, but you don't get all their posts. Right. And uh, you, you, and I've done that to a couple friends I have, uh, and that seems to happen a lot around election season as well. <laughs> oh, I know. Boy, I tell yeah. you what. Yeah. People, people were losing their shit that uh, no charges were brought against Hillary Clinton the other day. So, oh well. Oh, what good grief! Do? Good yeah. grief! That's ridiculous. Well, we know how I feel about that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there's just people like that that you're just like, okay, um, you know. I, and I have a friend, and he's, you know, he's not a close friend, but he's a. a a friend who who um in the in the 80s when reagan was president he worked for reagan and he was actually a i believe he was a bodyguard um so he he loves ronald reagan and he and uh, and he's a gay guy and i'm just like oh my god well <laughs> how can you be gay and love ronald reagan but you know uh, eventually i was like okay i just i gotta turn off his posts we're still friends and <laughs> when his birthday pops up i still wish him a happy birthday but yeah. i don't have to see all the stuff he posts i get it but, you know, maybe he kind of thought of Ronald Reagan as kind of his doddering old uh, uncle who, you know, had some a lot of bad ideas, but he still loves him because he just does. Well, no, he he, he still he posts a lot of pro Republican stuff still. So, well, you know. You know, I, th I think I said on the last show, if you're gay and Republican, I really you need to have your head examined. And I still <laughs> believe that. But, well, but, you know, this guy's this guy is a nice guy and he's not, you know, people don't talk about that as much in real life as they do online. And so we certainly can hang out and talk and it never comes up when we're talking face to face. Well, you know, yeah, but you, anyway. know, you know what they say? Stockholm syndrome is a bitch. <laughs> if you know what Stockholm uh, syndrome could, that is. That could be part yeah. of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But now we have a Facebook page, so people can can uh, write some comments and uh, friend the page because every time a new episode goes up, we will actually post about it on the uh, the page on Facebook. And and at this point, I'm putting a pretty big list of what we talk about on there. Yeah. Um, because Agreed. I want to generate some some interest in the things we do talk about, so people can kind of see what's in the episode. Hopefully, something that piques their interest. Yes, I like the clickbait questions that you ask. <laughs> it's like, is, yes. is Richard Linklater a misogynist? Question mark. And of course, the answer <laughs> in the podcast was no, but it made people say, "Hey, what? What well, are they talking about let's there? Let's listen what's and that find about? out." Yeah. But, so, uh, you know, once we have, you know, a million listeners, then, you know, maybe I'll just say oh, a new episode is up. Um, yeah. But uh, at this point, we're we're putting putting a pretty good list of what's on the episodes, especially if you're a, a new uh, listener. You can kind of go back and see a more in-depth look at what's on some of the older uh, podcasts. And, and um, exactly. maybe that'll help you choose which one to listen to next. So exactly. So, you know, remember we, you and I were talking about uh, trying to uh, find out how many people are actually actually uh, listening to our podcast and things and uh, I found that there are tools through our website provider and uh, there are certain tools mm. that I, I've, I've looked at some of the data and it looks like that last month we had 254 unique people uh, visiting our website and uh, wow ten, tens of gigabytes of data down downloaded which means there there's maybe 70 megabytes in one of our podcasts so 
if you're talking about 40 gigabytes downloaded, that means quite a few people were downloading our podcast. So I'm pretty encouraged oh, by cool. that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, because I don't. I definitely do not have 240 friends. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and, and uh, an interesting note was that uh, it even breaks down uh, traffic by country. And I saw, you know, uh, obviously most of our traffic is from the U.S., but I also saw uh, there were some people downloading uh, our podcast in Germany and Italy. So go figure. Wow. So you know. Well. That's so, so, interesting. Yeah, so if we so when we tell people, hey, we're big in Germany and Italy, we're actually telling the truth. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know one of our friends is in Germany right now, uh, visiting her family, I think. Oh, um, that's right. So maybe that's where part of that came from, but who knows? I oh, mean you're, yeah, definitely you're, right. you're talking about Sydney. With social Yeah, Sydney's in, in uh Germany visiting family and posting cool pictures. Yes. Um, but, you know, n never know, because I put a lot of things on, uh, I've put a few things on Twitter with hashtags of different things that mm -hmm. uh, may have generated some interest or something. So, ah, and I don't, you know, right. sometimes people click on something and get into it, but don't necessarily come back and tweet you back and say, oh, I listened to this or whatever. Sure. So with Facebook now, you definitely have a way to let us know what you think of the show. I'm certainly, we're pretty open-minded about uh, ideas and, and feedback, you know, constructive feedback and that kind of thing on the Facebook page, which by the way, the Facebook page is A Slippery Slope. Yes, so uh, just give it a search, A Slippery Slope, and uh, you will find it. And feel free to like the page and um, post comments under episode notes or whatever you think is appropriate that, uh, that is anything but, you guys suck. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we know we suck. We, we don't need you to get on Facebook to tell us we suck. Fuck you. We know it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And if, oh, okay. And if you're a business out there, if you're a business out there that wants to sponsor us, hey, give, contact us through that through our Facebook page, or you could yeah. email us, or you could email us at uh, LoopTV at yahoo.com, which is the old uh, Loop That's right. TV. Uh, That's the old email Loop TV. Mm -hmm. It's Loop TV, L U B E T V at yahoo.com. Correct. Awesome. So, many ways I to get in about touch that. with us. And you, you listeners out there, if you want to give us a little feedback, you can use that email address as well. Absolutely. And I think, too, you may be able to private message us on Facebook. I I know you can do that with friends. If you can do that with, with uh, fan pages, I don't know. So, But anyway, cool. Yeah. Well, we need to – God damn it, I need to get on Facebook right now and post our email address on there just so people have it. <laughs> ah, right, right. You know, I think I also – That would be a I, good idea. I should, I should also get an uh, email address that's actually attached to our ltvpod.com website address as well yeah uh so i'll i'll yeah. get on that in the next week or so oh cool cool i'll try and and uh keep the facebook page updated and and as time goes on we may uh do a, an actual twitter um and you know who knows uh what the next social media i'm not much on the only other thing i do is snapchat and i do uh instagram Same i don't here. do pinterest me either or reddit I don't know. I can't. I've been on Reddit a couple times and I can't figure it out. Um, oh, really? I'm just not that smart. I, I, uh, yeah. What is Reddit? It's kind of isn't it just like a news provider type thing. I don't. I don't really I, exactly know. Uh, I, 
I'm, I'm I get the kinda... feeling it's like an old school. Remember computer bulletin boards back in the day? Yes. Uh, back in the days of dialed up. I get the feeling it's similar to that, but I'm probably completely, you know, who okay. knows? Ma- maybe just a, a modern day version of a bulletin board service type thing with obviously I, more, more like. graphics and content. Yeah. And less porn. I can't find porn on uh, Reddit to save my life, and uh, I've looked hard. <laughs> well, so. it's probably not the place to find it. Yeah, but, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know, every freaking social media site has porn on it. But well, anyway, yeah, true. Uh, definitely, definitely, Facebook. I think is something that most people do, except for some younger folks. And uh, so, eventually, for them, we may have uh, Instagram or, or Twitter or Snapchat or whatever the new one is this week. It's amazing how the kids move on from one thing to another fairly quickly. Well, I think what's happening is whenever their parents start co-opting a social media site that they're using, they want to move on to something different so they're not constantly being observed. Right. Well, I think so, too. Yeah. If when your mom, yeah, you know, I have to edit myself on Facebook sometimes because my mom is on there. (laughs) Oh, well, exactly. Of course, I usually don't. I'm not because sure. she knows me, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure very many instances where you've edited yourself. But you know, hey, yeah, who knows? It's rare. Yeah. It's rare. It's it's definitely rare. I I, I okay. say what I think. So that's cool. <laughs> anyway, so it, that's I was excited that we got that done this week, and and uh, in a, in addition to all the uh, other things we did together this week. Yeah, we had we had we, quite a uh, weekend, didn't we? We did, which was awesome. I needed a, a good fun weekend with friends. Of course, yeah. I had a three day weekend at work, and I think you did too. And right, and uh, we got together on Friday night with uh, you and your wife Sierra and our friend Trish. The dish yes. uh, went and saw our friends playing at. Uh, the name of the place was the Grizzly Hall. Grizzly Hall, that's right. Which I, which is definitely where Antone's was on Riverside for a while. Yes. And that building has been a sports bar, and I can't even remember what it was when I first moved to Austin. I've never been in there though. It's always been yeah. some kind of a bar or closed, it's or club or closed. Um, but I'd never been in there before, even though I lived right across the street from it for a few years. Well, I know I've been in there before, but I, I'm not even sure what club it was at the time because I saw the Flame Trick subs with uh, Satan's cheerleaders perform. Sierra and I went to a show there. That's right, that's right. But uh, I can't remember if it was Antone's at the time or if it was already Grizzly Hall or something else in the interim. I don't know. Hmm. Because I think, too, I think when I first moved to Austin, it was a a Latino bar, but, you know, um, I could be wrong. Um, I just know I never went in there, and I don't think there was ever anything in there. I know it was a sports bar for a while, and, and, you know, sports bars aren't really my thing. Um, uh, So anyway, it's called Grizzly Hall. It's actually a really cool venue, in my opinion. It's a a nice big space, and it's got some cool decor. Yeah, it looks like a lodge inside. It does. Well, no wonder I like it. It looked like a lodge, <laughs> and I'm a lodger, so I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Lodger there it at the is. lodge, there but it, is. Yeah, they it has. A, it they has, actually have a grizzly bear, you know, as you walk in. It's they stuffed. Do. It's not alive, I assure you. Right. Yeah, they don't have a live grizzly bear, thank God. Um, but they have several stuffed animals in there, and stuffed oh, on uh, the wall, right? Animal head wall on the wall, and and a nice uh, wood decor, and then a huge. Yeah. 
uh, stage with a, a huge um, floor yes. to stand on or dance on, I suppose, if they have bands that lead to dancing. Um, yep. They can probably thank Antones <laughs> for the nice stage. That's probably true. That's probably where that came from. Probably upgraded um, it, yeah. And there is an upstairs, although I, we didn't go to the upstairs. I don't even know if it was open when we were there. But if you saw mm. a live band perform there and there, it was a fairly popular one, I'm sure you could go up into the balcony-type area and, and that overlooks the stage and, yeah. and watch the band as well. Uh, yeah. Our friend Patrick has a band called Jibber and Twitch. Yes. And they are a they are a tribute band for another band called Oh goodness, the Cardiacs. Yeah. Right. Which we I, I had listened to a few songs before the show, but I'm certainly Me didn't too. know much about the Cardiacs before we saw them. Right. Um and they're hard uh, they're hard to peg as a band. They are. They're very um int- they're very different and interesting. I think I was telling you and Sierra when we were watching them, there's a band called Fucked Up that is uh, up. different and unique. Yeah, okay. you remember you've heard of Fucked Up, haven't you? I think, I think I've Sierra heard of said them. she, you guys had seen them. They reminded me of oh, Fucked Up, but yeah. but but not angry, like a happy Fucked Up. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. So, because from, um, from what I saw on uh, YouTube of uh, the Cardiacs, man, they were all over the map. They were kind of some songs were like what I like to call loony punk and then like, right then some songs were like prog rock and then others were kind of that uh, post new wave type feel to it so it was right hard to right. peg them yeah Which yeah is, very we, different and fun i can see why and, Pat, uh, patrick and his band gibber and twitch would uh, want to be a, a, a cover band of theirs they're very interesting yeah yeah i can you know definitely when i heard their stuff i was like okay this is this is the kind of thing Patrick really likes. Mm-hmm. So no wonder he's in a uh, a tribute band that that covers their songs because I'm yeah. sure he he really loves the Cardiacs and uh, not to speak for him, but I'm sure he does. And um and and they're they can you know when Patrick does their songs they're they're definitely fun. Patrick is such an interesting performer. He uh, he's in uh he's in a band called Pataphysics. Right. He's also in a band called The Telephone Company. And yes. I, he's been in other bands. Uh, yeah, um, the, the Oblong Boys. The Oblong Boys, the Zom Zoms. Right. Um, so he's been a underground alternative performer in Austin for, God, as long as I've been here, and that's 16 years and, that's and probably longer than that. He he's also, done so many interesting things. Yeah, and he tours also sometimes. You know, I know he's mm-hmm. traveled uh, to other states. Who knows where else? I, I think he may have even gone uh, – overseas as well so he's an interesting yeah, guy he's, he's been on chicagogo in fact if you get on youtube and look up pataphysics you can see his performance on uh chicagogo which is awesome or i don't know how you say it that's how i say it the, yeah. the chicago um it's a it's i like a american bandstand but it's in chicago and it's on uh cable it, access i think right it's like a low budget american bandstand i guess yeah and but, he does uh, i think he oh he definitely does jesus grow a handlebar mustache on on the youtube video on that show oh, i really? believe on chicago um, on chicago yeah did they also um, do and then, uh, did they also do the telephone company uh, company on uh, chicago I don't know if they did or not. There's definitely it, that sounds familiar. There's definitely telephone company videos. Maybe they were on Chicagogo. Maybe. Um, and I and they did another song about a mustache. Except it was mustache, mustache. What were you thinking? Mustache, mustache. Please come home. <laughs> 
I love that. I love the telephone company. They're yes. so great. Love them. Um, and then uh, who was it that he went? You were talking about he went overseas. He definitely played with a a, a guy. He's he big toured in Japan. with a guy, and I can't think of that guy's name. It's Gary something, isn't it? Oh, I don't mm. know. You, uh, you, you must know more than I do about that. He's a famous kind of underground uh, performer. Uh, God damn it! I'm gonna be mad now because I won't. I, I won't. I won't wow. be able to remember what the guy's name is. But he's hmm. he's Patrick just does a lot of cool shit. We we were talking on one of the previous episodes how uh, we saw him at Cheer Up Charlie's and that kind of led us to going to Cheer Up Charlie's a lot, which is a bar here in Austin. Right. And um, there would always be someone interesting performing at Cheer Up Charlie's. And indeed, anytime you see Patrick play, you're gonna see other bands that are unique and interesting as well on Friday night. There was a band that was, that did jazz covers of Jesus lizard songs, I believe. Yes. Was what they, and they right. were called Jazzus lizard. Mm -hmm. And I thought they were, they didn't have a singer. They had a, uh, their lead performer was like a alto sax player. Uh, and I just thought they were fucking yes. awesome, man. I really and I could watch them again. I and I, I'm not a Jesus Lizard fan. I really don't know much about Jesus Lizard. But I, I, I've only uh, heard a few uh, YouTube videos. But uh, I, I kind of like yeah. Jesus Lizard. But uh, Jazzus Lizard is a whole different thing and very really not, good. They were yeah, really good. They, they had an really amazing good. drummer too. Um, yes. They, it was just you know. So any it's what I love about seeing Patrick play, and I can't wait till we get to see Jibber and Twitch again. Is yes. that there's always the supporting bands or, or the other bands that play are always interesting and mm -hmm. rarely inter rarely bad. Usually they you know sometimes they're okay, but you know. The, so the other band that played with them on Friday night was um, Mannequin. Mannequin. Yes. And I don't know anything about Mannequin, and I don't think that that was the best band we ever saw play. No, but, but it was were... certainly interesting, and I loved it. Yes, and I think the only original member of Mannequin was probably the lead singer because I. Uh... A oh yeah, his backing band were all young guys. I think uh, Patrick's yeah. friend Chef was one of the. Uh, I don't think backing... Chef played in the band. I think he helped them set up. Oh, was Chef was... on stage? I thought he was, but uh, maybe I'm mistaken. I know he was up there helping them set up because I don't know if Chef is friends with the guy that we don't know that I call Bud Court's bastard son. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a tall guy. He looks a lot like Bud Court did in Harold and Maude, although he's gotten a little older and he's definitely got the mop top right he was in uh he's in lock em ups band um low red center thank you it went i just said it 10 seconds ago and it went out of my head um, <laughs> and um i want to call them really red which is a band from houston from the 80s yeah, or I 70s you, i think i think you mentioned i did that, that last, last time week, yeah right yeah um low red center and so anyway uh i i'm sure patrick knows him and their friends we've never really been introduced to him or or right. talked to him but he's uh he's a he's a, he plays a uh guitar that looks like a, a a guitar the beatles would have played in the 60s um in the early 60s it's a really i don't know what you know i know nothing about guitars but who's playing the uh beatlesque guitar uh, Bud Court's bastard son. Oh, okay. All right, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so anyway, um, yeah, I get flustered when I think about him because he's so cute. <laughs> but um, 
right. but it was it, cool. it was fun to to so you know he was definitely playing with the guy who was the older guy that was uh the original member of mannequin and mannequin songs were interesting yes they certainly sounded like they um i guess mannequin is from san antonio right and they talked about how uh he recorded uh, some some albums in San Antonio, and mm-hmm. he, when you heard him, it was like this sounds like something that you would have had in your record collection that was a local band from the '80s that you kind of liked. Very um, likely, yeah. Because they, yeah. Do you, do you remember what the guy's name wave. was? The, do you remember what the no. uh, the lead singer's name was? I don't, I don't have even, the slightest. I don't think idea. they said it. You know, I don't either. Although I think they called him by his first name a couple times. Some other guys talking, but. Oh. Um, we just called him I can't uh, Mickey Dolans. That's right. He looked he looked he somewhat looked a, like Mickey Dolans. Right. It looked a little bit like Mickey Dolans, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, um but you know, Mannequin is one of the they well, I wish I could remember the one song he did that was it was it was great. Um it was something like oh, it was Remnants of the Industrial Age. <laughs> yes, I, I think like it was that. something like that. You know. <laughs> Which I I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought was great fun, and um, yes. you know I, I certainly enjoyed watching them play. Again, it wasn't like I think I was expecting them with a name like the Mannequins. I was expecting them to be much more dancey and new wavy, and right. and they weren't at all. It was more like a more like prog rock. Oh, definitely mm, prog rock. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, especially when he pulled out the acoustic guitar and started playing that. I actually liked those songs better than the the songs where he was playing electric. Oh, really? The, I was of, I was like slightly bored with those, but well, but I, but overall I enjoyed it all. I thought the performance was great and yes. and it was just a little odd after Patrick and Jibber and Twitch, which was very high energy, very uh, manic and fun and goofy. Uh, it, it was a, that was a kind was of a energy drop. It was a, it was a bit of an energy drop. It was, yeah. but it was you know again. When you go see Patrick play, the mm-hmm. other bands are going to be interesting, even if they're nothing like his bands. Well, that's true. Um, I remember last week we, I was I was kind of wondering. I was like, I wonder who's going to be the headliner for their show. And lo and behold, right? it, it actually was kind of an issue because I was under the impression that Patrick's band was the headliner, meaning that they were going to play last, which probably, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, makes more sense anyway because they're such a high energy. But I kind of get that, you know, sometimes being the second act is is more prominent than being the last because sometimes, you know, you the headliner might be in the middle and then the last act, people are already leaving or something, you know, and so maybe there right, not going to be right. as many people wa- uh, watching, but I don't know. Right, yeah. Especially on a... Um... I noticed, you know, and I kind of noticed this um, when I was friends with Oriah and I would go see Hobble play all the time, um, that mm-hmm. they would play second to last. And after they played, the place would kind of clear out and there'd always be one last band. Um, yeah. Uh, because and especially because they played a lot of weeknights where people have to go to work or school the next day. And yeah. so, you know, they would play usually around 1130 and be done by 1230. And then, you know, everyone could kind of go home that was there to see them. And because right. uh, it was just tough for people to stay out at a bar till two o'clock in the morning on a work night. I know I can't do it anymore. Mm, true. But uh, I, I guess that happened at the Saxon Pub when I was there, you know, when when I went and, when Sierra and I went and saw Nakia. Uh, after that show, everybody pretty much cleared out, and then there was like a, you know, a last, 
act guy who was a guy with a guitar and nobody was there to hear him play. It was kind of sad. But anyway, that wasn't right. the case. There, right. was still, almost... there were still plenty of people there to listen to Mannequin and enjoy Mannequin. Oh, yeah. And, and plenty of people loved them as well. And uh, Oh, oh I just, yeah. I, just and I, to... I think we did too. Mm-hmm. We may not have liked, you know, it may not have been the top of our list, but I would certainly see if they were playing with, with uh, some other bands I wanted to see, I would definitely watch their set again. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Yes, of course. And uh, oh, just one more thing about Jibber and Twitch. We we have to give credit where credit's due. You know, Patrick's uh, backing band is was awesome. You know, the guys they were great. Uh, yeah, uh, I I think they were guys from other bands. There's a I think one of them one of the prominent names would be the Brown Hornet. It was either their bass player was from Brown Hornet. I'm not sure. Huh. And uh, wow, I didn't know that. I have heard of Brown Hornet, but I've never seen them perform. Me um, either. I think I'd like to. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's probably stuff on YouTube that we can see here. Uh, yeah, you know that's funny because um, mm-hmm. Patrick. And of course, whenever you have a friend in a band and you go see the band, you do kind of concentrate on the person you know. And of course, Patrick is the singer and the front man. Um, right. And it didn't hit me until just now when you said that that the band was really great. Oh. They were real. I mean, they were tight. This wasn't some kind of slapdash put together to do one show tribute band they right. knew the songs well and played them well and i bet anyone who was really familiar with the cardiacs would have would have loved it even more than we did but Agreed. um they they were really great you were right and i mm-hmm. didn't really think about that when i saw them because uh it just didn't sink in how good they really were because they were sometimes when a band is that damn good you you always notice when a band sucks right <laughs> sometimes when a band is great you, kinda... you don't notice that right away right you take it for granted in particular i think their keyboard player was really awesome uh oh he was awesome yeah yeah and i was kind of surprised after the show to see that he was uh looked like he was sight impaired but you know it certainly didn't yeah, take I away from he's... his talent he was awesome no oh he was fantastic In and there. he did a little background vocals and um, yes. um but yeah he, he had he a he great was really voice good great too. voice mm-hmm. yeah he did uh and... yeah i they're, I'm really excited to see them again. Sure, their lead guitarist was very accomplished. Their bass player was awesome. Their drummer was terrific. So I mean, five stars all around. Oh yeah, enjoyable and and great. And and those songs that they play are uh, jibber. Uh, um, uh, the Cardiac songs. Some of them are kind of complex. Oh, and definitely. And so again, this wasn't some. You know, you can't really be a Cardiac's cover band and do it right and be. Uh, laid back and sloppy. Right. There's some really intense music, yes. um, kind of oh, uh, somewhat Zappa-esque, maybe even a, a little Captain Beefheart-esque. Uh, um, possibly, yeah. I, th- I think maybe if not a in, bit. if not in sound, but in 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 spirit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're, you know, you're not gonna just get up there and goof around, and uh, you're oh, you're these, gonna have to take it seriously, and they do. Accomplished musicians, no doubt about that. So we had a fun night, and I and I also really liked the Grizzly Hall. I would go back there in a second to see some other bands or even just hang out. I think the bartenders were nice. They had great drink selection. Uh, definitely, um, there wasn't uh, there was a pretty good sized crowd, and we never waited to get a drink very long or anything. They were the yeah. the staff there took real good care of us, and yeah, it was good and, service. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about seeing more things there. Yeah. Um, because it's a really cool venue and a, a 
really I enjoyed hanging out there and um, can't wait to go back. And then afterwards, well, we sure. went to Star Seeds. We did. We did. And that's uh, that's definitely a, a landmark in uh, Austin. That's an Austin it. institution. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, I hadn't been there for uh, at least a year, maybe even longer since I've been to Star Seeds for some reason. Yeah. Um, but it's such a great place. It's it's definitely a great nighttime, late night place. Uh, it's a restaurant on um, around 38th, I believe, and and I 35. Right. And um, tw- 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's underneath very the, laid uh, back upper deck, right? Yeah. 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 So uh... very laid back place. I've even taken like when my parents have visited, we've gone there to have breakfast. Um, so, you know, it's just a, and the, the food's good. The staff is usually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, uh, it's certainly not fancy. It's just a, no. and I could see where someone looking at it from the outside might go, Oh, I don't know. But, and even the inside, but it's well, really, pe- yeah, the people food might, there's great. Sure. People might think it's a greasy spoon, but it's, it's, it's a step above that for sure. It's, it's an all night oh, diner. Absolutely. Uh, and the the at- atmosphere is cool, and they're always playing some some good tunes on the sound system there. I have nothing nothing bad to say it. And all the funky people yep. go there. A lot of funky people go there, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, and not funky in a bad way. Funky in a good way. It's a right. it's always a good crowd. It's always an interesting group of people that are there. It's, and you have to be careful. Obviously, if you go at two o'clock on a Saturday night after uh, seeing a band or something, it's going to be packed. Um, that's true. But uh, we went on Friday at around 1.15, I expected like us to have to wait uh, a little while because it was close to 2, but we didn't have to wait at all. So that was cool, too. Right. Uh, it was still there were still quite a few people in there. We just lucked out that there was a couple of tables open or booths. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so that was our Friday. Yeah, that was Friday. And then. And then we hung out again on Sunday, we which did. was the day before July the 4th. Yep, and, it was. Uh, July 4th Eve? <laughs> the Eve of July 4th, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we and went uh, to um, the Little, little Texas. No, the Little Longhorn Bar. That's right, the Little Longhorn Saloon, uh, yeah, I guess which it is, is on Burnett. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. What the little long? But that's where they have chicken shit bingo, man. Chicken shit bingo. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't really get to see that, right? Because that place was fucking packed. Oh my god. <laughs> There were so many people there. Here's the four words I used to describe the little Longhorn on a Sunday afternoon: hot, crowded, cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the beer was cold. Thank, and, thank goodness, because uh, everything God, else because, was yeah, boiling hot. It was hot in that. Well, it was the place was packed. There was just no. It's a really small little place, it and is. I'm sure if you go on a, a Wednesday night or something, it's fine and fun. Sure. But uh, on a Sunday afternoon, it was just packed with so many people. And of course, it was hot outside on Sunday, which was a great right. Fourth of July weekend here in Austin. The weather was amazing. Yeah. Um, and w- we sat outside at a picnic table uh, in the shade and had a couple beers, and it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't uh, too bad as long uh, as you kept drinking cold beer. As long as you kept drinking it, yeah. 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 Which, so. which, of course, I do, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it worked so, out. But we did... We didn't get to see the chicken shit bingo because so many well, people were around yeah. the around and doing it. And if we'd really wanted to do it and kind of uh, tried, I think we could have. Yeah. They were selling tickets at one point while we were there, but yeah. it just seemed a little bit of a hassle to do it. So a little um, bit. And probably because more people were probably out on Sunday 
uh, because they didn't have to work on Monday than on a normal Sunday. It was definitely a holiday weekend type of Sunday, which I think is always busier than a regular right. Sunday. But I, I talked to a friend of mine that I saw there named Amanda, and uh, she said it's pretty much like this every Sunday for Chicken Shit Bingo, which I was quite shocked to hear. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Well, it's definitely a thing, and and I know there are other places that do it here in town. I, you know, yes. I think on the last episode I was asking you if they had the drag queens host it because I know they did it. They used to do it somewhere in town at a gay bar, and it was hosted by drag queens. Uh. Which chicken chip bingo with drag queens could be some damn good. F- fun <laughs> right but now, um yeah I hear but that, I, you know i don't know if they still do that but there are some other places that do chicken shit bingo that are associated with dale watson the guy who is part owner in uh, uh the little longhorn with uh i think some corporate co-owners and uh mm-hmm. i think his corporate co-owners wanted jenny who used to be the owner of the little longhorn she still works there but they insisted that she clock in and out whenever she, you know, worked there. And uh, that caused a lot of friction between Dale Watson and his, his co-investors. And so Dale has kind of distanced himself a little bit from the Little Longhorn and has been doing hmm. uh, chicken chip bingo at another club or another bar in town called Seaboys. Do you remember me? Oh, we were talking, talking about, about that. that. That's with, right. With Amanda, she was sitting at the table with us. Yeah. Okay. Because so, apparently Seaboys is where the trophy club used to be, right? I, I think that's right, down, yes. Uh-huh. Down on um, down on South Congress, yes. uh, kind of near where Magnolia Cafe is there on South Congress, where they're where the uh, trailer park food place used to be but is no longer right uh, i think they're building a hotel there or they pro- probably already have i haven't been over on that side of town for a little while you but, know i um, haven't either hmm. when uh, when i would i've only i only went to the trophy club and boy it was it was the archetypal dive bar it, dive bar, yeah. it was it was pretty divey um but like, it's like certainly the fun and, lounge uh, which I've never been to, which I oh. guess isn't there anymore either. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Oh, oh well. So, so yeah, we should go to Sea Boy sometime and just check it out to see what it's like because I'm sure it's you know I when again when we went when it was the Trophy Club I liked it it was fine. Um, okay. You would find some people who looked like they just go there to buy cheap beer. Some <laughs> older guys, <laughs> right? Right. Well, but uh, but you know if they do chicken shit bingo on a and they had a pretty good backyard area and a pretty big inside and a a nice stage area so it's definitely it's probably at least twice the size of the little longhorn if not more so maybe it would be a little easier to see what's going on with the chicken chip bingo there i don't know all right well we'll we'll have to check it out sometime we'll have to do that yeah hell yeah so after we sat outside at the little longhorn for a little while we walked across the street to woodrose yes we did Um, because they have AC. And uh, <laughs> they had AC and and uh, plenty of room to sit down and g- good beer. And oh, we yeah. sat and had a few drinks there. Did we a little did. day drinking on on Sunday. Um, that's where I had the uh, grapefruit cider. I oh, can't yeah. remember the mm-hmm. name of the company that made that. But uh, it was damn good grapefruit cider. It was really tasty. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to go on my phone and look for the picture of it because I want to know what brand name it was. Let's see if I can do this while we continue to talk about Woodrose and how much fun we had there. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Woodrose is a little 
little more upscale bar situation, and uh, so the, the drinks were a little more upscale, and, and uh, they had a smartphone-accessible uh, jukebox that we finally figured out how, to, right. how to use and listen to some music and just hang out and... So the, the the grapefruit cider is made by Schilling, S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G, Schilling, Schilling. Company. Hmm. Okay. And I'm telling you right now that they are the same guys I think that make – there's definitely – and I think they had these at the Grizzly Hall, the, the honey-flavored cider, which I just can't bring myself to try. I don't think I'd care for it. Mm. Um, yeah. And then just a regular dry cider. Um, yeah. And I had um, I had some kind of cider at Grizzly Hall that they made. I can't remember what flavor that was now, but it was pretty good. Was, was that on tap or in a can? No, that was in a can too. Okay. Um, it, and it was good. It, it just wasn't super flavorful, but it was certainly good. Uh. But the grapefruit cider by Schilling Company is freaking so tasty and really great strong flavor without being over pop, uh, overpowering and uh, definitely something I'm going to have again. I'm just telling wow. you that right now. Hey, Schilling, you're welcome. <laughs> you, just gave, you know i just gave him a free plug I, right there we go yeah you know like i said they had that at grizzly hall i i don't know if that's a new company or if it's local because one thing that's cool about austin is most austin bars try and promote and sell local beers yes and there's just a shit ton of them around here to be just oh, blunt and gross about it it really um, <laughs> is it's, it's really true there's a there yeah. is a lot of them there uh here and and so you find a lot of local uh, beers on tap and and available at a lot of uh local bars which is really cool yeah that's um, true you need to try a delberts um, or delberts a delberts Yes, Adelberts. They, yes, they just recently started uh, canning their beer in addition to uh, the bottled beer that they sell. But uh, that's another story. Ah. We'll have to do a um, tour of their facility and then come come back on and talk about it. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, sure. that would be fun. So after we went to Woodrow's, we we had decided we were we were going to go to Barbarella's that night because for some reason I thought Sunday night at Barbarella's was uh 80s night but barbarella's is fucking closed on sundays uh, which yeah. kills me i can't i don't know why they're closed on sundays but they are yeah um true. so their 80s night is on saturday i think it's funny because there's a barbarella's in houston too which i assume is owned by the same people but who knows, uh, who knows? um and on on uh here in austin at barbarella's tuesday night is tuesdays so it's kind of the gay night uh, and then apparently 80s night is saturday night and i know at the barbarella's in Houston, the gay night is Sunday because it's sun gays, yes. and uh, I don't know when they do an 80s night, um, but um, mm-hmm. I've been to both because uh, uh, because I like Barbarella's and um, I hung out with friends there. So, But anyway, Barbarella's was closed on Sunday, so we ended up uh, going to Elysium. Yes, we did. But before we went to Elysium, we had dinner, and I can't remember the name of the Mexican restaurant we uh, went to. Vivo? Vivo. Vivo, I, it's Which probably w- pronounced Bebo because it's Spanish. How do you spell it? Uh, V-I-V-O. Victor. Yeah. Indigo Victor everybody. Victor Indigo <laughs> no, Victor, Victor Othello. There you go. Vivo, uh, Vivo, which they have great margaritas. They used to be over on, that's the one, right, that used to be over on uh, Mainer. Yes, on the east but side. But now they're, now, now they're uh, kind of near 51. I can't remember what that 
area is called? It's, it's in the the Lincoln Village Shopping Center, ah, uh, yes. which is yeah. uh, what like two ninety and I thirty five. Okay, I'll trust you. Yes, because you drove and I don't remember. <laughs> okay, or you could say Canaan and I thirty five. Yeah. I'd had several uh, grapefruit uh, <laughs> ciders and some other drinks too. Oh yeah, um, but uh, yeah, the food. But good I liked there. Vivos. Mm-hmm. Food was really good, um, and the the alcohol was really good, um, and not not expensive, not cheap, but not expensive. Certainly average price for Austin kind of place. Right. Uh, really cool decor. Wait staff was good. The food was good. Um, so I enjoyed that. Yeah, no complaints. And then we went to Elysium. We did. We were at Which Elysium. was fun. For their 80s night. Yes. I, it was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, I th- and yeah, it was nice and it was just crowded enough to be fun. It was almost a little too crowded, but not too bad. Yeah. Uh, again, a Sunday night on a, a, th- a three-day holiday weekend, you would expect it to be kind of busy. Right. Um, but they played great 80s songs and uh, the is. dance floor was hopping the whole time. Oh, it was. And... Um, uh, yeah, you know, I've gone to an 80s night before there, I think on a, a Sunday night when there weren't that many people there, and it was a, more of an industrial 80s feel to it. But this was uh-huh. definitely 80s pop music. They played yeah, a lot of that's definitely 80s true. pop and new wave stuff. And yeah. the crowd the so, crowd was uh, quite a range of ages of people there. Very diverse crowd, I'd say. So yeah, I'd was, say so too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Had a good time. Yeah. Right now, so, Sierra, I, Sierra and I only stayed till about midnight. Uh, you and Trish stayed later than that. I'm not sure how much later. Not a whole lot. We left oh. around a little before one, about one twelve forty-five, probably. Okay. Um, yeah, Sierra and I were kind of wiped out because the day before we had spent all day at a friend of ours uh, apartment swimming pool, drinking all day long the day before so we were in the hot sun yeah yeah so we we kind of we lost our energy a little before y'all did so yeah we went you know we didn't last much longer than you guys did we danced a little bit more and had a good time and and uh i was drinking angry orchard cider while we were there Uh and when i got I got one, and the guy behind the bar told me that's our last one. And I was like, "Oh, what am I, what am I gonna switch to now?" And then around that time, Trish said, "I think I'm ready to go." So okay. I was like, yeah. "Okay," because I'm not gonna get another Angry Orchard, so we might as well head right. out. So. But um, it's funny. There's 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 some guy that works at um, Elysium, and I don't know if he's the owner or uh, the manager or just works there. He's a, a Asian guy, and he's been there for as long as I can remember. I think he was even there when it was the Atomic Cafe, wow. and he was there pouring drinks that night. Hmm. And um, I was like, "Well, this maybe he's, maybe he's the guy who owns it. I'm not sure because I I feel like I met him. I did meet him one time, and I feel like I met him at casinos. And oh, uh, maybe w- when I was there with Zana, and Zana, of course. Knew, knows knew everyone who worked at every club here in town because she was a performer. So uh-huh. she was familiar with every doorman and every person that worked in any uh, club here in town. Kind of sounds um, like uh, Tim Christensen's wife, Christiane. Christiane Topolsky Hoffman Christensen. <laughs> yeah, she. Well, she uh, was. Uh, I think she must have worked at Elysium at one time in the past or something. Oh, that's right. I remember that. So yeah, she, she knew yeah, everyone she, there. Right. So she used to be one of those people that knew everybody, every bouncer at every club and every club owner and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. So, yeah. But, I remember uh, that now because we went to Elysium with them one time. Right. Uh, 
and and had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool now. to hang out. Mm-hmm. I know they've been they've been living in Mexico for forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we miss um, them. We miss them. We do. We do. We miss some of our friends that aren't here in Austin anymore. Right. They've scattered all over yeah. the all over the world, really. Definitely all over the country. Yes, that's for sure. And all over the continent. So, right. Uh, you know, I, I was just thinking too about it was fun to hang out with Trish again, and uh, Trish gave us a little hell for uh, insinuating that she said Richard Linklater's new film was misogynistic. Oh, um, right, right. I guess right. I put words in her mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she, on a previous yeah, she, episode, she took exception to that. She did, because because um, you know it. Sometimes when somebody says something that you didn't notice or whatever, and then you talk about it later, you you can really put words in their mouth. She didn't say it was misogynistic. She said it was male centric, which oh. there is a difference. Oh, yeah, um, quite a bit. Um, so. Uh, although we have agreed to try not to apologize on this show, I guess I kind of <laughs> well, owe her an apology right. uh, for for putting words in her mouth a little bit. But yeah. it did spark a really good conversation where we talked about Linklater and his films. And, and uh, that reminds me, too, Everybody Wants Some comes out on DVD, um, I believe, next week. Really? Um, Are you going to get a copy? And Oh, yeah. It's already on pre-order on Amazon, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, uh, I really loved that movie. I mm-hmm. loved it a lot. No, um, it is good. It's, so it's, it's one of his best. I would say so. Yeah, it's certainly uh, a great, uh, you know, spiritual Snapshot. sequel mm-hmm. to uh, to Dazed and Confused. Absolutely. Um, it's it it's uh, and uh, boy, you know, Linklater will, ne- in my opinion, well, you know, you should never never say never, but it will be hard for Linklater to top Boyhood, in my opinion. That movie is about as awesome and perfect as a movie could get yeah um well but i mean you know, he, you know 12 years in the making yeah just so. an, one of those things i remember hearing that he was doing it uh mm-hmm. when i'd been in austin for a couple of years somebody mentioned oh he's doing this thing where he's filming once a year with the same cast and wow. i thought that'll that'll never see the light of day that'll <laughs> never happen you know i just thought that that was a cool idea that will never Right. get finished I mean, that's a monumental um, undertaking oh it was and um and the results are just so amazing that yes. film is uh i still get a little frustrated i i finally saw birdman which beat it for the oscar and i i do believe birdman is a great film i liked it a lot but yes um, me too uh, boyhood is just something remarkable and exceptional and right. and so it'll be hard for link later to top that ever that, yeah. but you know it could be his masterpiece you know, it, uh, it could be, but um, certainly Slacker and Dazed and Confused are right up there with his uh, uh, with other great works that are sure. really uh, I love Dazed and Confused. The feeling you get from that movie is just like being there. You know, oh, it, it's absolutely. it's definitely it's definitely like you like you're back in the late 70s uh, and um, everybody wants some is, too. You know, it just has a That's great true. feel, great music. Great story, great characters, and it's just like, you know, a coming-of-age film kind of set in a college time, which Trish liked it because I guess they filmed some of the scenes at um, Texas State, Southwest State. Texas Tec- State, it's Texas called now. Texas State yeah. now, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure, yeah, at, um, at the actual which time is where of, she went. Right, yeah, at one time it was Southwest Texas State. I'm sure definitely in the late 70s, early 80s it certainly was. Yeah, it's what it was when I got here. 
um, because I remember it was Southwest Texas State University, right. and I heard somebody call it Sweet Sue, S-W-T-S-U, yes. and they called it Sweet Sue, and I thought that was the coolest name for college ever. Why <laughs> well, would you ever change that? Well, you know. <laughs> but they did, so. Right. So anyway, uh, so Trish, I'm sorry I put words in your mouth, but thank you for uh, sparking an interesting conversation on the show. And uh, maybe one day Trish will come on. Maybe we can talk her to come into coming on and, and chit-chatting with us one day. Well, I hope so. Because we certainly so. had great conversations hanging out. We, d- we definitely did while we were eating and drinking and, and partying. So let's hear it for more, yeah, more times like fun. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to have Sierra on the show sometime too. Yeah. That, that's definitely going to happen. Cool. That's easier because she lives right in your house, right? Well, that's true. I, and she's up for it too. So <laughs> oh, have well, no cool. fear. We, the, the listening audience out there will finally get to meet the mysterious Sierra. Ah, awesome. <laughs> that's a great teaser. We'll just keep teasing that. Mm, stay she'll tuned. Be like, um, she'll be like, um, uh, what's his name? Niles' wife on Frasier the, that you, oh. you know, they always talk about, but you never meet until yes. one day. She'll yes. be on the show, so absolutely. <laughs> so after all that partying and hanging out, we didn't do any. I didn't do anything on the fourth, but chill out at the house. You know, that's that's the same thing here. We just kind of we, <laughs> we were like, wow, we we did a lot of stuff the the previous three days. So you know, you, or, yeah, you yeah, did yeah, even Friday, more Saturday, than I did. Sunday, yeah. So yeah, the the fourth of July was was kind of a recovery day, so to speak. Yeah, I. I didn't even, uh, you know, of course, yeah. we all had to go back to work on Tuesday, so. Right. The only place I saw fireworks was uh, on uh, Facebook. And <laughs> yeah, I and, saw a uh, lot of them on Snapchat. I was well, like, I don't need to go see fireworks. Everybody on Snapchatting their fireworks show. Exactly. And, uh, of course, my uh, uh, the neighbors behind us were uh, shooting fireworks over uh, over the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which kind of sucks. Well, you live close sucks, to where they what do you the fireworks. Do? Uh, Don't you? I mean, well, can you see the fireworks they do in Round Rock from your house? Yeah, I could probably. From your backyard or something? No, we could probably see. If we were looked out of our master bedroom windows, we could probably catch upstairs the, window. The, top, the top side of, yeah, the upstairs window. We could probably <laughs> see some of the fireworks, but yeah, it wouldn't be. Not really worth seeing. You can you can definitely hear not, them. Not worth doing. No, you can definitely yeah. hear them popping. Oh, well, you know, I live, I live down here on Riverside, and idiots were popping fireworks till about two in the morning on on monday night which you know i had to go to work the next morning at a regular time and i was like come on people it's one it's a it's a weeknight now right a lot of fun <laughs> yeah you a lot of fun you, yeah yeah <laughs> i don't you know i'm i'm like they were they were going off at, at midnight and or a little before midnight and i'm like okay you know midnight it's it, midnight is a good cutoff and then it went on till about uh, two eventually uh, they maybe it only went on till about one i um i mm-hmm. fell asleep around that time and and didn't get w- woken up by anything so that's always a good all right at least they didn't uh really bother me i watched on uh sunday i watched uh the director's cut of the movie 54 have you ever seen 54 uh yes i think i've seen it once yeah well you I haven't have not- seen it <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Well, because so, there's a director's know, cut, you say? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it came out in like uh, I have to. I believe it was around 
I don't even know what year it came out. It was around 2000 or they were saying it was 16 years ago. So maybe it was even 97, 98. I don't even remember. It mm. was because when I first moved to Austin, I had the poster in my room. Oh, um, OK. So it was at least out before 2000. I think it came out in 96, perhaps. Right. Um, and, and before it came out. There were all these stories about how it's going to be about Studio 54 yes. during its heyday. And, of course, Studio 54 during its heyday was a lot of celebrities, a lot of cocaine, and a lot of gay people. Right. And so, and, and it stars Ryan Felipe, mm -hmm. uh, who uh, has been in a lot of stuff um, and was married to Reese Witherspoon, I think, is who he was married to. Okay. Um, and so there was this all this thing of, oh, there's a gay kiss in it, and, it, you know, mm -hmm. it's got a gay – a plot and gay characters and all this. Well, then the movie comes out and yeah. there's none of that. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just an, it's just an okay movie, you know? Yeah, um, yeah it was okay. And, Mike, Mike Myers it, it played the okay. owner, didn't he? Mike Myers. Yeah, he played, uh, I think it's Steve Rubell, the guy who owned 54, right. Studio 54. Okay. And, and Mike Myers did an excellent job in that performance. That was a really kind of unique performance for him. Um, cause he plays a guy that's kind of fucked up really. And he didn't yeah. play it for laughs. He, he, it was really kind of not depressing, but certainly not a, a pleasant person. And, you know, when I saw it, I had also, it's funny because I had seen, um, last days of disco, which we've talked about on the show before. Yes. Um, I saw it first and then I think maybe not. I can't remember uh, now. But I remember thinking, you know, Last Days of Disco is ten times the movie that Fifty Four is. Right. I mean, there's well, a lot. There's a lot of movies out that are kind of like that. I mean, like, do you remember? You, you've seen the movie Party Monster and uh, also oh, yeah. Twenty Four Hour Party People. With, right. Uh, what was that Steve Coogan kind of playing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneur guy, club owner. Kind of like uh, Mike Myers was playing in the, but uh, of a right, different ilk. Right, Yeah, Steve Coogan's character, and I can't remember that guy's name. wasn't 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 a complete drug addict. No, no, he and, was and yeah. and loser, for was, lack of a better well, word. I guess that's true. He was more like a TV presenter that somehow became a, a club guru, so to that's speak. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, I saw that movie when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. That's another one I'd like to see again. Yeah. It's a really good. Um, uh, kind of, it's not a biopic, but it's a historical drama, really, even though it's recent history, uh, right. about the Manchester sound during uh, the early uh, 80s. Yes. And like a, a real new wave feel to it. Right. Yeah. Well, 50, so I can't, scene. so I hadn't, uh, I hadn't really thought about the movie for a while. And then one day I was thinking, oh, you know, I, I guess it was when I was watching Last Days of Disco. I was like, you know, I'd really like to see that again. Um, mm -hmm. And it was on Amazon and the price was reasonable. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and get it. And yeah. it was like director's cut. And, you know, usually the director's cut has three or four minutes, sometimes maybe 10 minutes of stuff they've taken out of it. Right. So I, I get it and I start watching it and it's like, I don't remember this being in the movie. And hmm. so I paused it and started reading online about it. Okay. And it has about it's a it's a it's a movie that's about an hour 40. It's not a super long movie, mm -mm. but it has 40 minutes of 
footage that wasn't in the original film. Wow. Basically, they put all the Miramax gay scenes back him, in. They did. It was awesome. <laughs> really? Miramax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not an overtly gay movie, right. but it's it certainly has a, uh, a Brian Felipe's character in in the director's cut version is obviously a bisexual guy, oh, although he may I just see. be, well, I, yeah. Um, I mean, he's definitely exploring his sexuality, even though it's, he doesn't really talk about it. Okay. Um, as, as the character. But so I got online and read that Miramax, they had a, they had a preview audience that really didn't like it. And Miramax reshot with the director's help, Right. And the actors, obviously, about 40 minutes of footage and totally recut it and re and changed it into a completely different movie. Oh. Um, hmm. Well, that's interesting to know. Wow, that's wild that they, yeah. they screened it for a test audience and based upon the... Well, I'm sure they do that a lot in Hollywood, but damn, changing right, I mean, right. like 40, well, 40 minutes worth of uh, stuff? 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so there's an actor named Brecken Meyer. He's in he's in some things. People recognize him. He's I think he's in Franklin and Bash. Okay. Um, and he's a uh, you know, I mean, this is 20 years ago now, so he was pretty young at the time. So mm -hmm. his character in the movie, the first version, he's just kind of a, a guy he that Ryan Felipe meets at work and they're kind of friends and they live and they he lives they live together they share an apartment okay brecken meyer is like the friend character who has four or five lines in the director's cut he's a completely fully developed character with his own storyline and and wow. in, integral to the story and um you know it's just it's almost it's a completely different movie it really is it is a completely Damn. different movie so is your and so it's is really your, so is your assessment of the movie as you like it a whole lot better now based upon oh this? absolutely okay yeah it's it's interesting it's dark the characters are really interesting it's not you know one of the things that the preview audiences didn't they didn't like the characters you know and that i don't know why people think oh if there's a movie and and the characters are unlikable that people won't go to the movie which is right. scorsese's whole shtick is <laughs> unlikable characters well, <laughs> you know i mean very good that's point. his whole fucking overa um so yes. it's it's um I, I read somewhere online that um, the guy who made the movie, and I can't remember his name now, wanted, wanted it to be like a Paul Schrader movie, which is the guy who wrote Taxi Driver and uh, Hardcore and some other films. Wow. And, um, so, so quite a 54, bit darker. Yeah. 54 is definitely Schrader-esque, the okay. director's cut. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a completely different film, and it's definitely – if you are like me, when who was a, a, a gay person who, when it came out, went and saw it and went – there's no gay shit in here. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's a ton of it in the in the recut. It's like they took all the gay stuff out of it. Okay, because um, it because it didn't so test a, well originally. I get yeah, which you know it was uh, 96, 98. Of course it didn't test well. Yeah. Uh, audiences just weren't ready then. How um, times have changed. Yeah, yeah. So I it comes highly recommended for me now. I'm so glad I got to see it, and now of course I, it's been so long since I saw the original version. I really would kind of like to rewatch watch it um because i can only remember bits and pieces because mm -hmm. it's almost it is a completely different movie and it would be really interesting to watch both cuts and and notice the difference in tone the difference right. in story everything so well that's interesting that was my hmm. movie watching this weekend yeah well, i really uh, i really was surprised you've piqued my curiosity maybe we'll have to have a, a viewing party yeah yeah be, you can come by cool. the dvd and watch it yeah yeah it's i i liked it quite a bit
So fun stuff. Yeah, maybe we'll do good a good weekend. A, I we, had a good we, weekend. We, we could do a film festival of fifty-four <laughs> party monster and twenty-four hour party people. And last Ooh, days of that disco. That would be fun. And last <laughs> days of disco. That would be fun. Wow. I tell you, there are two movies I've seen in my life that made me want when I saw them at the movie theater when they came out, I just wanted to get up and dance in the fucking aisle. And one was Last Days of Disco and the other was Stop Making Sense. Oh. Both of those films the the music is so good you just want to get up and and dance when you watch those movies and the talking heads aren't even really a particularly well stop making sense is very rhythmic i guess that that whole yes. video yeah. um but yeah i remember oh. i seeing stop making sense at the i think it was it was a re-release and i saw it at the doby um back in the day and oh, it really? was all i could do not to get up and dance in the aisle wow okay <laughs> well, that's that's praise indeed. Then, damn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. Wow. Hey, there's one other thing. Yeah. Well, oh, we were talking about before before we got uh, on the air going. I don't know. It's not really on the air, but before we really got the show going, right? Uh, we we were ta- I, I was watching a repeat broadcast of uh, Match Game. Really? Match Game is back on TV. Yeah. Oh my God! They rebooted it. They rebooted it, and wow. it is freaking. Perfect. Did they? They di- did it. They wow. did it right. Did they j- dig? Um, did they dig Gene Rayburn up? Uh, wouldn't that be great if they could? Well, they got <laughs> almost someone all someone almost as lackluster and <laughs> and uninteresting as Gene Rayburn. Wow. They've got Alec Baldwin hosting oh. it. Well, um, there you go. Um, and you know, I'm not a huge Alec Baldwin fan, but he is funny at times, and he's definitely just he the perfect amount of of funny as the host of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got great kind of B list celebrities, uh, people like uh, Rosie uh, Rosie O'Donnell, um, Anna Gastower, okay. um, hmm. uh, Adam uh, Adam Goldberg, which was an interesting one. Oh wow! Um, yeah, that is interesting. Uh, his career is really taken uh, off. Yeah. Well, I, you know, he's on the new Jim Gaffigan show, which I don't really like that much. Uh, um, it's okay. But yeah, it's okay. But why he's on Match Game, I'm not sure. Um, Paycheck. But, uh, because I can. <laughs> well, maybe so. I mean, you know, he definitely has a really dry sense of humor too. So yes. that that helps. But right. But they do it like the old school one. They didn't try to do anything new or gimmicky or anything it's just six kind of celebrities you know that aren't necessarily big stars but i mean rosie Mm -hmm. o'donnell's a decent sized star and sure and sherry shepherd was on there i can't remember who was on the one last week it's oh um uh, jb smooth um so you know certainly people you know they bring on two contestants and they do the questions you know the you know the typical questions with a blank in them like they did in the old days and you know it's funny because we think it's hard for the the great thing about match game from the 70s was that Mm -hmm. back in the day a lot of stuff was taboo and so it was definitely racy and it was all innuendo innuendo right Right. And so it feels like match game wouldn't work in these this day and age because because there's so little uh, that's taboo anymore. You can say almost everything but the F word on TV, really. Pretty much. Um, But it just kind of works, you know, because I I think because they don't take it seriously, it looks like everyone's just having fun, goofing around. Right. The celebrities are are humorous and, uh, you know, it's just good old fashioned kind of goofy fun. 
Okay. Um, so they've so stayed true they, they, to the original. Yeah, yeah, they've kept the spirit. Nice. Because, you know, there was one that they did uh, – they did one a few years ago, um, and I don't think – it was really low budget, and um, – I don't even remember who hosted it now, but they only had mm. five celebrities instead of six, and it just That's for weird. some reason it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. But this just works. It's just everything just kind of fell into place to be hmm. perfect. So what what channel is this on? It's on ABC, and they've been running them on. They supposedly, you know, ABC this summer for some reason they have that. They hmm. have uh, a version of $100,000 Pyramid hosted by Michael Strahan, and that's wow. pretty true to the original. I love game shows. It's pretty true <laughs> to the original and, and, and pretty good. They have okay. To Tell the Truth hosted by um, Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Anderson. What is his name? The guy who's on Blackish um, is the host oh, of that one. Gosh, I don't know. I can't. I think wow, that's terrible that, that, that I don't know his name. That's a lot of reboots of old uh, game shows. Damn. Yeah. Especially so to tell the truth. Yeah. To tell the truth, pyramid. There's one other one, and I can't remember which one it is now. Um, but the, supposedly they've done like ten episodes of each one, and so they're going to run them for wow. ten weeks here, and we're into the second or third week now. And um, are these uh, like maybe it, re replacement shows for for shows so. that were canceled? More like just summer replacement kind of thing. Oh, okay. Just something to keep something. And I'm uh, sure they're, mm -hmm. you know, fairly reasonable to make compared to a hour long drama. Yeah, uh, sure. Which they are hour long too, so. But yeah, I was I I don't know. I've always loved Match Game. Yeah. And this is this is good fun. This is the, in the in the right spirit. Just hits the right notes. A lot of fun. All right. Hey, well, shoot. Is Charles Nelson Riley still alive? No. No. Although it's funny. Now I'm going to have to Wikipedia it because okay. I was at a film festival in um Probably about 2005, 2004, maybe. Yes. And there was a documentary about Charles Nelson Riley. I can't remember. It was called The Life of Riley. Yes. And, um, Didn't we and go it was to that a documentary. Together? Did you go to that with me? I think you yes. did. Remember, yes. because the guys who, who made the film said people think that Charles is dead all of the time. Right. And, and, and he was still living at that point. And I think he was living in, lived in Florida and still even did some acting maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, he was definitely in a few short films and TV shows and stuff, although he was getting up there. Yes. But he's died since then. And I think he okay. died maybe around 2010, 2009, um, oh, okay. 2011, somewhere there. Right. Sad. I because think I, he was yeah, so great. He was. I think the last thing I ever saw him in was he was doing, uh, uh, he did a f several episodes of the X Files back in the day. Yes, but, but that yeah, was that was yeah. still the '90s though, so that was quite a while ago. So, yeah, yeah. By by the time we saw this documentary, I don't think he was uh, doing a whole lot more. Although he was in, uh, there's a short film that I love uh, called Gadar that was made around that same time we saw that documentary that he's in. Uh, that's a really oh. fun, cute little short film i think i have yeah haven't we didn't we see that wasn't that on didn't we put that on loop tv i think we actually did show that on loop tv the two guys who made it uh, were really fun and nice guys right that's that's right because i remember there was a scene in there and it, obviously charles nelson Riley was quite old and moving toward infirmity 
because there was a scene in there where he's talking and he's there's a little bit of spittle yes he gets a spit <laughs> on his lip and it's it's very yes, noticeable that's right that's right yeah, yeah. it is it was like, kind of why didn't they kind of... why didn't they shoot that scene again i'm like well maybe that's all you were gonna get out of charles and maybe that was the best take that might have been yeah that and uh uh i'm sure they didn't have a huge budget either well exactly i think that was shot on film right they, oh okay um they probably uh, had him for one was... for one afternoon that's all they could afford to right. pay, pay for right and, uh, right and so. he was great in it i mean he did do his charles nelson riley oh shtick absolutely you know, he did not uh, you know disappoint that's for sure i bet you can see that on youtube or something because i think i i think i googled it one time and and saw it online somewhere maybe hmm. i'm wrong but you know really gator if you huh? want to try yeah Gator, yeah. yeah. If you want to try googling it and and or or whatever your search engine of choice is, yes. um, <laughs> and see if you can see a copy of it, um, it might it might even be online. So okay, uh, it's a fun and it's got uh it's got a guy. His name is Terry. I can't remember his last name. He's a a, a fun actor that you've seen and stuff. Is the main character, and then there's some guy who was in a soap opera and I'll be damned if I can remember his name is in mm. it as well so okay but one of the funniest cutest nicest little uh, short films I remember seeing from back in the day of of seeing a lot of short films in film festivals was Gator yeah wow okay cool oh now I don't know if we talked about it on the show but there was a a short film that I heard about that John Christensen was in that he did uh, with Leslie Cochran. Uh, oh, and, and I and I remember, I remember you asking me about this. I remember the name of the film is called uh, Vacancies, and the filmmaker was not Ryan Budge; it was Ryan Bust, B-U-S-T. And uh-huh. I, I can't find any or very little information about him other than that he was a filmmaker in Austin that had a production company at one time but it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cold trail right now i can't seem to find any contact information can't seem to find out anything about what happened to that short film vacancies so i don't know huh. it's, I, I don't know how, if we'll ever find out about the uh, short film that john christensen was in uh that never as far as i know never saw the light of day maybe it was viewed at a film festival or something but that's i'm only guessing there i'm not sure if it was Hmm. ever finished so who knows was he a was he um a a student or was he uh older than that i i i think he might have like just gotten out of film school i think he was born in 76 or something. I I did find out. Did you out IMDb that, him? Yes, and it's very limited thing. He he worked crew for some uh, bigger budget films, but there's no reference to uh, any of any of his own stuff, as far as I re- recall reading. Right. Yeah. It looks like um, he worked on Friday Night Lights, while, which filmed here in Austin, of course. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he. Oh, did you uh, did you look that up just now? I'm just. Googling it right now, yeah. Okay, cool. So, and uh, right. he, he was, uh, yeah, it looks like he's done just a lot of, uh, like, uh, set dressing, although uh, possibly was a lead actor in some, well, it says lead man. Maybe that's not a lead actor. Maybe that's a lead crewman. Yes, um, I think so. So it looks like he's, yeah, yeah he's done a lot of, uh, and he was in the Wendell Baker story. That's a local film I've seen. Maybe anybody in the uh, listening audience who knows 
where we can get in contact with Ryan Bust. We sure would like to hear hear from you. Yeah, I, oh, there, like is to... a, there is a email for him on IMDb. Really? But it's an AOL email. So oh, although God. I know some people still have AOL re- emails, it's I probably s- an old one. I seriously doubt that that's a, still a, one used by him. But who knows? It's worth a try. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the last thing that's listed on IMDb is 2010. So who knows uh, if he's still doing stuff or uh, if he had to get a real job. God, I feel sorry for people who have to get real jobs. It's a horrifying way to make a living. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, maybe someone out there is knows him or uh, – uh, can or maybe he'll hear this and get in touch with us because it would be great. That's right. To see, you know, we've seen a lot of John Christensen's short films right. that uh, were, were made. Some he made himself, and some were made by other people. Um, a lot of different things that he did, we've been able to see. But I know there's a ton of stuff he did that we haven't seen. Um, right. That yeah, who knows if it's even out there where you can see it somewhere so i i know as far as i could tell it's not it's not on youtube and you would think with all the inter you know maybe the people who are making the the leslie documentary have actually talked to uh uh ryan bust i don't know so maybe we should Oh, because leslie was in this movie that john was in right right yeah it was john and leslie at the austin motel in one of the rooms at the austin motel right that's so, right. Um, yeah. Duh. Interesting. Yes, it's, it's you know we it's we, a mysterious. We haven't really thing. talked about Leslie. We haven't really talked about Leslie on the show. Um, we haven't at all. Well, yeah, okay. I don't think. Well, other than he's in the introduction <laughs> in our oh, new introduction. Well, that's true. That's but other true. than that, we haven't really talked. Well, I don't. Well, or did we talk about him during one episode? I, I, I don't thought, remember. I thought now. we had. I thought we had. He is right. He is the. Uh, to me, he's the mascot for. That's not the right word I'm looking for. For uh, Austin, he is the figurehead. I don't know what you would call. What do you? What would you call that? The the, the queen of Austin. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> for for those of you who are uninitiated, Leslie Cochran was a a person who lived in Austin that had uh, that was uh, you know you have to be so careful these days how you say things. Certainly, I believe he was male biologically. Yes, um, had a full beard. Um, uh, and wore women's clothing. Yeah, think- you would see him in Austin uh, in a, in a, a thong and a half T-shirt off- yes. often. You could safely say and, that he um, was a, he was a crossdresser. Yeah, I think that he would that, be okay with that. Um, right, that's not an offensive term. And he was he was uh, homeless, but I yes. I do believe somewhat homeless by choice. Uh, and he yes. lived in Austin part of the time. Um, there's a they're making a documentary about him. Some folks here in Austin. And one of the things that I read that they had discovered was that he would go to Colorado at times. And in Colorado, he had a whole different persona. Oh. He wasn't Leslie when he went to Colorado. He, and I believe he was a male uh, person in Colorado. Wow. But that's why I'm really looking forward to Leslie's – I can't remember what they're calling the film, that, the documentary about Leslie. I can't remember what it's called. Um, I think it's just called but Leslie, I'm, I'm but there's a – Leslie. Yeah, but there's a, probably a sub, 
title to it. Yeah, too, but but I'm I'm dying for them to get the film made, and I think there were you know I think it's probably going to be a couple more years before it gets finished, um, because Leslie's story was really interesting, and people around Austin for the most part loved Leslie, loved seeing him around town. You would go down on Sixth Street to drink, and he would come into some of the different bars. I saw him at Casino El Camino many times. Um, and he was, you know, people loved to see him, loved to hang out with him, loved to talk to him. And and uh, um, he was kind of an Austin institution. Yes. You know, he was he's True. the big part of Austin. Um, and in fact, I think there's a plaque dedicated to him on Sixth Street now. And um, I know people have talked about trying to do a statue of him here in town. Yeah, I heard. But I've heard he's just like the that. figurehead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, I remember the first time I saw him when I went down to Sixth Street. I had just moved here and uh, he used to have a kind of this um, trailer that he pulled behind a bicycle. Yes. That was more of like a large was the size of like a large refrigerator box and he would and it, he would get on top of it and twirl a baton mm-hmm. and there was writing all over the box about how the police were were hassling the bars down there the black cat was usually who he was parked in front of and oh. i think the police had given the black cat a hard time about noise violations or something which sixth street you know how could you give anyone a hard time about noise violations <laughs> right on sixth street it's one bar after another mm-hmm. um um, so I felt I think he felt like he was protesting that they had been singled out for whatever reason. Um, wow. But, he, you know, it's a it's a guy with a full beard in a thong uh, <laughs> right? twirling a baton. You you just notice that right away. You yeah. you see that that isn't it wasn't something that you just passed by and went, oh, you stopped and looked. You know? Yeah, I think I, and, uh, I remember the first time that I ever saw Leslie and it was from behind. And this was probably the early 90s on 6th Street, and so I'm walking up, and actually, back in those days, Leslie actually looked pretty good from behind. I was like, whoa, what's this? And got around the other side, I'm like, hello, oh boy, okay. Oh, <laughs> it was how a, awesome. It was, the, it was awesome. the introduction to Leslie, yeah. So it was wild. Wow. <laughs> yeah, when yeah, when Leslie got a little older, there even from behind, you knew that was a guy in a, a thong. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. But uh, but you know you know people loved him. It's true, and I certainly well you know mo- most I people loved uh, him. I'm sure you know there were some people who didn't, but uh, well but, obviously I mean he was murdered, but yeah, well, you know oh, well yeah you know so that was horrible. I mean he was you know he was beaten badly and and really never right. recovered from never, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess in, yeah is, in a way is, that uh, is kind of yeah. He eventually yeah. died of his injuries. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, and uh, definitely uh, one of those things that you know. It's like Austin's such a great city, but even Austin has assholes. In it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, or or assholes who visit. And uh, what happened to Leslie is is really sad and frustrating and pathetic, um, uh, because he was such a. I mean, and certainly he wasn't a, 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 you know, every time I ever met him, he was so drunk I could barely understand what he yeah, said. Yeah, he was I usually didn't particularly. He was usually pretty really, fucked up. That's true. Yeah, I really didn't. You know, the few times I met him, I really didn't have much interest in hanging around and talking to him. Other people really liked to, um, but you know, which is fine. Um, but sure. I, you know, I just always loved that he was part of the city. That he was like the. 
you know, everyone in Austin knew who Leslie was and right. most people thought it was a great, you know, thought it was a great thing that he was a part of our city yeah. and was kind of the mascot for the city for a long time. Yeah, it, and, was, um, it was all part of the it, keep Austin weird thing, you know? I mean, that, yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a yeah. big part of that. And maybe yeah. s- symbolically and, his death is, is kind of, you know. A little bit of the death of Austin. It, it's definitely, and I'm sure that's something they'll point out in the film if they, uh, if they're smart, because I think that they will will realize that. But yeah, you know, they they did a uh, a pay one of those what do you call it a crowdfunding kind of a thing for the film, uh, for, yes, for Le- the documentary about Leslie, which I gave some money to, and I'm not I usually don't do that much. Wow. But was it a um, Kickstarter or something? One of those is either Kickstarter or GoFundMe or something like that. Okay. And uh, and you can also find this film on on Facebook. They have a Facebook page, but again, I can't remember what it's called. Um, the -hmm. name of the film. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. But um, I can't wait for that to um come out because I think it's going to be a really interesting well film. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're you know rushing to just push something out. It looks like they're they're taking their time. To actually, you know, put out a, a quality product. So, uh, can't wait to see it myself. So on um, Facebook, it is, you know, they use for Facebook. You can use an at symbol, like ours is at a slippery slope, right. to find pages on Facebook. This is at Leslie Doc Doc Film. Leslie Doc Film. Uh, the production company is called Freckled Fanny Films, and the documentary, it looks like, is going to be called Leslie. Okay. Um, so I'm – oh, they've posted some things recently too. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm excited about that. That will be fun. But yeah, it would be great if the folks who are making that film knew anything about the film John Christensen did right. with Leslie. With Leslie, yeah. That would have been – would that have been in the 80s? That would be like 1999. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Just just before I, just around the time I got here. Uh, Interesting. Maybe even after you got here. I, you know, it's a little bit too long ago to remember the actual timeline of when that happened, but it was, you know, definitely w- when we were well into um, doing Loop TV with John. Right. So. Uh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Well, that's cool. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I think it was just it was just a one day shoot that he did, so it wasn't you know a long ongoing project. It was obviously just for all I know it was a, a 10, 15 minute short film. I have no idea. That's that's right. why I'm I'm just putting those feelers out, trying to get some information. So hopefully, yeah, we can find out something. Well, you know, it's my dream to one day do a documentary about John. I still or or uh, just a film festival of his films. Agreed. You know. That is something I would really love to see happen one day. Uh, I, um, I don't be, know if it ever will. I'd be happy to collaborate with you on that. It would be, yeah. There's John's John's short films. Manifesto is just one of those things that I wish everyone in the world could see. It's uh, funny. It's it's uh, interesting and amusing, uh, and it's it's just about the darn closest thing. Well, you know, all of his short films are about him. You get to know him by those films. Uh, you can that's see true. You can see who he is, and and it's to me it's really obvious why he was the center of his realm because he's just charismatic, yeah, and and you extremely. see that in those films. 
And no, um, no doubt so, about it. Yeah, maybe one day we'll get to have a John Christensen film festival or or a documentary with clips from his films in there. And in order uh, to do that, I you know I who knows how many films there are out there that John was in that we don't know about. Um, yeah, I don't I think, even know I, what. I, I think there may be some stuff from when he was in Houston. Well, may, maybe he, he did some uh, commercial work in Houston when he was there. I know he did, I think it was an advertisement for a car dealership or something where he's wearing some really, <laughs> those weird, thick, uh, nerdly glasses and a plaid coat. So, <laughs> plaid. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, you he's never in saw a commercial. That? Yeah, he was in no. a. No, I think it was a car dealership or an ins- insurance agency or something. Um, oh my God, no! I, yeah, I know there. How awesome is that? Right, that's pretty awesome. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I have a copy of it, but I bet Tim does. His brother Tim. Wow! Wow! So we'll have to uh, see. Yeah. See, we got to so put some feelers like out. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I didn't even that I don't even know exists. You know, Mark, I should know this, and I probably do, and I just don't remember. What yeah. year did you meet John? Uh, do you remember what year it was? Um, let's see. I think I first met him when we were well, and I talked about this on episode one. Uh, probably '98 when we were both in a okay. short short film together. But we, you know, we didn't start hanging out till like a year later. Right, right. When we, when we got together. So, uh, did you ever talk to him about other short films he'd been in before he met you? Do you remember any? Of- um, I, I don't think he really did much until he moved to Austin, and all of those would be n- never say never that you know that he didn't do a bunch of other things with other people, other filmmakers. I just don't know. You know, I I would assume... You know, that's funny, too. I would assume that he would have copies of everything that he was ever in. And uh, I think we've seen pretty much everything. You know, he was in, you know, he was in the Punchy's uh, Spray Job music video, and that's certainly one of the things. And plenty of people have seen that. And that's online. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Which I think I will post a link to that on the Facebook page. Oh, Great idea. Yeah, yeah, we need to put that on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, well, okay, I just, you know, I don't even know what year John got to, to Austin. Uh, I, you know, I just always think of him as being in Austin. I forget that he's from Houston and, and right. you know. If he, if he went to UT and he was already graduated from UT when I met him in 98, then he obviously probably had been there since 94 mid-90s yeah yeah so mid-90s i'm pretty and if sure that's that. the case then well and he took rtf classes or or he took film classes in ut right well i think he was attempting to get into the rtf program but never made it into the rtf program oh. so he was a communications major which is you know the same department just a, a different uh, specialty Right, right. Well, so it's possible he worked on other students' films. Who knows what's out there on student films that we'll never get to see. But um, yeah, those are hard to track down. It's sometimes. it's it frustrates me that someone who made something as wonderful as Manifesto was not accepted into the film program. <laughs> it makes me cry a little bit. Right. Because I mean. Uh, manifesto is what it is, but it's certainly not mainstream. But no, but I, you, know, you would think that they would at least see something in 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 the way that was done that 
uh, there, there's obvious talent. So yes, that know. would make you say yes, yes. Yeah. This one, this one needs to be in the program. So yeah, but I, I'm <laughs> oh, not well. sure he had made that already and had submitted that as his entry. He may have done. I, I couldn't say. You know which films he submitted to to try to get into to film school. Don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. Who knows? We'll yeah, have to talk to other people to get that information. I guess m- well, the, more, the more reason to uh, do the documentary then, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Needs to be a lot of interviews with people. Right. Uh, yeah, it'll... Oh, God, it would be so great. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think that's that's an episode. I think it is. I mean, shoot, we're we're approaching an hour, uh, two hours here. <laughs> yeah, at least an hour and a half for sure. Yeah. Should we so, do? A, um, should we do a quick oblique strategies and then get out? Oh heck yeah! I'm I'm glad you thought of that. I forgot. Yes. Okay. So here, uh, here's another uh, oblique strategy. One hundred worthwhile dilemmas oblique. by <laughs> by Brian Eno and Peter Schmidt. And here it is. Oblique strategies of the week. <laughs> Thank you, Lodger. <laughs> and your oblique strategy of the week is distort time. Oh, I love that one. Wow. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> distorting time. Oh, that's a whole show, man. I could yeah. go on for hours about distorting time. It's, yes. you know, it's. Uh, not to go on for another hour, but <laughs> I think one we've, of the, we've, we've distorted time by the length of this podcast. <laughs> quite possibly. Yes. One of the great things I love about film is the way it distorts time. Oh. And, and, and boy, nobody has – well, I shouldn't say nobody. One of the folks who has done that, one of the filmmakers who has done that more than anyone is Linklater. Linklater's films are all about time. In my opinion, uh, uh, the time it took to film Boyhood, the the oh, flash, the mm-hmm. the time uh, jumping back in time for films like Dazed and Confused and and um, uh, everybody, everybody wants some. Wants some. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that Slacker is supposedly a continuous day as it progresses, um, yeah, he plays yeah. with time and also uh, the, as significantly uh, as the Before Sunrise series. Absolutely, yes. Which and, is mm-hmm. yes, the three stages of a of a relationship. Exactly. Um, you know, he the only person I can think of that that possibly used film to fuck with time more than anyone more than Linklater would be a Warhol. Um, wow. But certainly Linklater has done it in a much more mainstream fashion than Warhol mm. ever did. Of course. Well, that's true. But of course, I guess Tarantino <laughs> kind of distorts time as well with you know, well, he does too. Yeah, and I mean really and backwards and scenes out of sequence. Really, all film does because all film doesn't take place in real time. No. Even you know, even a film that purports to be in real time, uh, either was filmed over several days, or although there is a couple out there that were actually filmed as one long continuous take. Like There's a rope. Russian movie, Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. Well, that's several segments though. That was. Like yeah, well. seven minutes of real time. But there's a film, uh, there's a Russian film that is one continuous shot that they actually filmed as one continuous shot. Hmm. Um, and I can't remember if it's Russian arc or if it's another film. Um, okay. But, you know, playing hmm. with time is what film does. That is the whole thing that film does. Indeed it does. And, and good oblique strategy. <laughs> All right. All right, well, man. Mark, thank you for uh, uh, inviting me onto the show again. 
and and uh, I had a really good time. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about this episode and the next one and the next one. Pretty soon we're gonna Ooh, be in we're I'm, gonna be in double digits. Won't be long. Won't be long. Yeah. Hot damn. Episode hot damn. ten. All right. This weekend so, I'm going to Louisiana to go to uh, uh, do some gambling with my family. It's my dad's 75th birthday, so wow, maybe cool. I'll have some stories when I get back about that. Ooh, sounds good to me. Love it. All right. All right. Okay, so everyone out there, tune in next week for another fabulous episode of The Slippery Slope. Lodger out and proud.